welcome to the Sincerely Mere podcast, the podcast taking a Christ-centered approach to holistic health along with a focus on slow, conscious living, and of course, cultivating nourishing, sustainable habits for you and your family. Welcome back to the Sincerely Mere podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Let me get to today's topic. I will be sharing my testimony And then afterward, I'm going to share a little bit about my experience reading through the Bible over the past couple of months. I actually was able to read the entire thing front to back. Um, And when I say read, you know, there was some audio Bible, mostly audio Bible. I did use some of the Bible app, but I was in the Word quite a bit, like the actual physical copy. But, you know, this podcast is going to be about a lot of different things. But ultimately, I always want to bring it back to Jesus and how he has completely transformed my life. And I figured what better way to show you that than to just tell you exactly how he did that. So I grew up in the church. God has always been a part of my life in that regard. I have a Christian family. God was talked about openly in our house. We would pray. We'd have daily devotions, all of that. So God was never like a foreign concept to me. I always knew who he was. I always knew that he existed and that he was working in my life. But what I didn't understand is what it actually meant to live a Christian life. So what took me a long time to understand was living a life for Christ is something totally different than just believing that there is a God. So I grew up in the church, went to a Christian grade school, Christian high school. Fast forward to the end of my senior year. If you listen to my first episode, you already know this, but my mom passed away. And that sent me into sort of like a tailspin. Um, It took me a while to actually realize that I was in a tailspin, but that's besides the point. So that lasted from the summer of my senior year till my second semester of my freshman year of college. I just did a lot of partying, a lot of drinking, just I made some dumb choices, nothing that completely altered my life, but wasn't going to church regularly. Sorry, dad, if you're listening. Um, I think you already knew this though. Fast forward again, I met my now husband Mitchell, second semester of college, and God definitely worked through him to help pull me out of uh, that phase, I guess. Mitchell was also a Christian, and he was not quite as into the party scene as I was. He would go occasionally, mostly when I just invited him, but... He definitely was not as into it as I am. We'll just say that. And honestly, I kind of got out of it just because I wanted to impress him. Like, I really liked him. I didn't want to mess anything up. And I was like, am I really happy with the way that my life is going anyway? (laughs) So, I mean, probably not the best reason to get out of a situation like that, like for a guy. But, you know, still worked out. (laughs) Um... Moving forward again, Mitchell and I get married, and you know, the first year was really good. Uh, We got pregnant right away, and that was pretty exciting for us. I'll go, I'll share my pregnancy journey in another episode, but pregnancy wasn't necessarily easy for me, but I do feel like it brought Mitchell and I a lot closer. But after having Asher, that's when things got hard. It was mostly because of me. I'm gonna say all because of me though, because I was not being a very good wife. I didn't understand my role and I 
was honestly just very ungrateful and I was holding a lot of resentment to Mitchell for no reason at all and I remember those early months after he was born and Mitchell was back at work I would you know he'd come through the door after working 10 hours straight and I'd hand him the baby and I'd be like I need a break you know it's your turn basically and I get there are days like that as a mom where you feel that way, but to have that attitude every single day is just unacceptable. And that's what I was doing. Every day, I'd just toss him Asher and then just walk away. And I would get upset with him when he would not be very happy about that, you know, because he was exhausted. He was tired. He was providing for us financially, which is a huge responsibility. And I never gave him any sort of rest. I was constantly on him for things. Looking back, I was totally that wife that would nag him about parking spots. Like if he passed by a quote unquote good parking spot, I'd be like, why didn't you park there? (laughs) And I still catch myself doing that sometimes. And I just, it's like, why am I like that? Just let him park where he wants. But yeah, so that was the early postpartum phase for us. And I just remember laying in bed And I was like, God, please work within my marriage because whatever I'm doing, it is not working. I'm so exhausted. I'm miserable. I don't know what to do. And I hadn't prayed for a very long time prior to that, that moment. But suddenly I started seeing all these accounts that would talk about biblical submission. You know, accounts like Annalise at Feminine, Not Feminist or Soli Osorio. And I'm in no way saying that these people saved my marriage. Like God worked through these people. But... They definitely gave me some much needed reality checks. I remember I would just read through their posts and I'd be like, wow, I suck. (laughs) Um, And so that was kind of where it started for me. Um, And I remember I'd read through these posts. I'd be like, yeah, no, I get that. I think that's right. You know, they're quoting scripture and, you know, you could check it back. It It wasn't being twisted in any sort of way. And so it was really resonating with me, but I wasn't really applying it to my marriage. I was more so just reading it and agreeing with it and then kind of moving on. Slowly but surely, I started being like, okay, so how can I actually apply this to my marriage? How do I actually submit to him? And I started going into the Bible myself a little bit more, going through, you know, Paul's letters, first and second Timothy, Titus. Uh, just looking at what it looks like to be a biblical wife. I remember one night I was walking with Asher and I prayed to God, please open my eyes to what I'm not quite understanding yet. And please show me what it looks like to live a life for you. And in that moment, a wave came over me and everything just clicked Everything that I was trying to understand at the time just made sense. And I remember coming home when I finally got to speak with Mitchell. I think he might have been working that night, but I was straight up with him. I told him, I am so sorry. I have been an absolutely horrible wife and I really need you to forgive me for all of the terrible things I have done and how ungrateful I've been. And I can't do this without God's help, but I need you to know that I am going to do everything I can to be a better wife for you, to be the wife that you deserve. And he just kind of looked at me and he was like, um, okay. (laughs) You know, he didn't really understand where I was coming from. 
And, you know, since then, we've had many discussions on what biblical marriage looks like and how to practically implement it into your relationship. Um, But it was just funny at the time. (laughs) So that is essentially my testimony. I really think just that feeling when God humbles you the way that he does. But now I guess I'll share a little bit about my experience reading through the Bible. So right around the time that I came to this realization uh, regarding submission, the Chosen series had come out, or I mean, it might have already been around for a while, but I discovered it. And watching The Chosen definitely made me want to read the Gospels. And so I read through Matthew and then Mark and then Luke and then John. And I was like, you know what, why don't I just keep going? And I actually was kind of flying through it. Um, All of a sudden I was at the end of Revelation and I was like, okay, well, let's just start the Old Testament then. So I had read through Genesis and Exodus many, many times because the amount of times I've tried to read the Bible front to back is too many times to count, honestly. So I started in Leviticus and worked my way through. And before I knew it, I was done with it. And I did, I mentioned this at the beginning, but I did a lot of just the audio Bible. And then I would use the Blue Letter Bible app when Asher was asleep and I didn't want to try to, you know, I didn't want to wake him with page turning and things like that. And I like the Blue Letter Bible app because you can go through translations and compare. So did the audio Bible, did Blue Letter Bible, did the actual hard copy of the Bible. And I know a lot of people are against the audio Bible, even the Bible apps, but the audio Bible was just really good for me because... I could listen to it when I was doing the dishes or when I was going to the grocery store, when I was driving to work, you know, I could do it anytime I wanted. I could just turn on God's word. And I just really, really loved that. And, you know, people are against it because you can get distracted easily. You can miss things, stuff like that. And I mean, there is truth to that. But if there was ever moments where I, where I felt I missed something, I would just really quick go back and be like, okay, wait, what was that? And I'd go back a couple of minutes and re-listen. So that just worked so well for me. There were so many things that God opened my eyes to. And, you know, there's a verse in somewhere in the Bible that says, God doesn't reveal everything to you all at once. That's paraphrased, but I just think that's so powerful. And that's exactly what happened to me. You know, there were so many things that... I never understood as a child and then all of a sudden it just clicked with me and it was just so cool to to have those moments and those realizations and of course it wasn't like I read through the entire bible and then I was like okay everything makes sense like there were many things that I still didn't quite understand and I really enjoyed seeing God's constant goodness like I'll just give one example that really stuck out to me was the story of King Hezekiah when he was on his deathbed he was sick with an illness and the prophet Isaiah came to him and said get your house in order you're not going to survive this illness and King Hezekiah turned his head to the wall and prayed to the Lord and he said this is paraphrased again I don't have the exact verse in front of me but he said Lord, remember how I have served you faithfully and I have walked in your ways. Please have mercy on me, essentially, is what he prayed. 
And as Isaiah was leaving, the word of the Lord came back to him and told him, go back, tell King Hezekiah that he will survive. And I just think that's such a beautiful example of God caring for his children and having mercy and honestly changing his mind. Like there are so many times in the Bible where God has his mind made up, like how many times while the Israelites were wandering in the desert was God just like, all right, I'm going to wipe you guys out. You're being ungrateful. I'm tired of this. And then Moses prays and God has mercy. Like that is so important to understand that God hears you. God loves you. He cares about you. He listens. He listens to you. But other things that I really enjoyed learning about, I really liked getting to know David's personality a little bit more. Um, I loved how faithful he was to God from such a young age all the way to his deathbed. And everything that he went through, all the hardship, all of the all of the victories, everything always came back to Christ. All the glory always went to Christ. And, you know, of course, he had his sins, like we all know David's blunder with Bathsheba, but ultimately he was faithful to the very end. And I just really admired that. Um, I loved the book of Proverbs. <laughs> I could not get enough of that book. I read it twice because I just, I loved it that much. Um, and then the last one was the book of Esther. And of course I read it when I was in school, but reading it as an adult and understanding the poetic justice behind it and just how beautifully the story unfolded, it was like reading a screenplay. <laughs> Now it's time for A Minute with Mir, the part of the show where I will share a Bible verse that's been on my heart, a product I've been loving, or a quote I wanted to pass on. Honestly, anything that has blessed me in my everyday life. For this week's Minute with Mir segment, I wanted to quote from the book of Esther. And I know I touched on Esther in the episode but I wanted to quote directly from it because I think the book of Esther is just very relevant to today's times, especially the verse that I'm going to quote. Um, a little bit of context. Mordecai has just found out about Haman's plan to kill the Jews. And Mordecai and Esther communicate via a messenger. And Mordecai is telling her you have to talk to the king because if you don't, your entire people is going to be destroyed. And Esther essentially is saying she doesn't want to. She's like, I could die if I do this. Um, and they're kind of just, they're, they go back and forth a little bit. And then finally, Mordecai comes back with the message of, and this is quoted from Esther chapter 4, verse 14b. So the second half of the verse. And he tells her, who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Again, I just think that is incredibly powerful and relevant to today's times. Christ does not promise us an easy life. He tells us that we are going to go through strife because of him, because we follow him. 
and this happens time and time again and it's happening even worse in other countries i don't hopefully this is resolved by the time this episode comes out but there's the entire situation in haiti right now where a group of christians are being held ransom in haiti people are getting killed in other countries for worshiping christ and honestly in america right now we have it easy who knows what's going to happen in the future but right now we need to be proclaiming his word we need to be preaching the gospel to everybody that we come into contact with because who knows how long it's even going to be legal we need to be strong for christ and that is what god asks of us and we can do that through him he will give us the strength Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. Everything I mentioned today will be linked in the episode description below. If you would like to keep up with my day-to-day life, you can find me at SincerelyMir on Instagram.